everybody, it's me, Kathleen Madigan. Welcome to Madigan's Pubcast. You grab yourself a drink, pull up a bar stool, and let's talk about what's been going on. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. The pub is open. It is week 12. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? 12 weeks. And I'm not going to light the Bic lighter because a lot of you guys in the comments were worried that I'm going to set shit on fire. And I'm not. Also, I guess it was um, annoying the click. So I'll just do it once to show people that this lighter bends. Okay? You might want to get one of these at your grocery store. And looky here. We have a new prayer candle. We have Stevie Nicks. We have a Stevie Nicks candle. How exciting is that? And Stevie, speaking of our queens, um, did you guys see the TikTok thing? She blew it up. The dreams thing. I can't explain it if you if you haven't kept up with it. It's a video and a guy started it skateboarding with um what paddles? It'll be in the show notes. Um, but he was skateboarding to dreams, the song, and then other people started doing it. And then Stevie, well, Dolly's my real queen. Like, if, if somebody in this group told me to do something, Dolly, I would just do it. Share, I would say, let's talk about it. Stevie, I'd be like, maybe. She's she's a little bit of a hippie, you know? I don't really roll. I like the hippies, but I don't really roll like one. And Tanya, I'd probably say, no, I'm going to do something else. Because she's a little impulsive. You know what I mean? She might be too much for me. A little too wild. Um... Anyway, Stevie then put a video on TikTok, which they've now made a commercial out of and was airing during football, where she's lacing up roller skates. And then she goes, uh, where it goes, have you any dream? Uh, then who am I to keep you down? That's my Stevie impression. Usually I like to read things and then go into Stevie just to amuse myself. Um, but it was, it was excellent, well done. But I really thought she was going to do it in the next TikTok. And nothing. So I don't know what those assistants she's living with are doing. Chop, chop, bang, bang. Let's get the queen out skating. Hmm? Shall we? That's really all the news from the idols. Everyone else. Oh, no, it's Dolly, queen number one, just announced that she's going to consider posing nude in Playboy for her 75th birthday if it's in good taste. I don't even know what to think about that, <laughs> except good for her. That's what I got on that. All right. Um, what am I drinking today? Well, this is a little shout out to Wisconsin, who I think is on the COVID rise. I'm sorry to hear about that. What are you termites up there doing? Hmm? Are you behaving poorly? I don't want to see you die up there. I have a lot of fun in your state. This is a beer from them from the New Glarus Brewing Company called Spotted Cow. It's absolutely delicious. I would recommend you. It is not, uh, like take 12 in the boat beer. No, maybe three, because there was a show I did in Green Bay, and I went to um, St. Brendan's, I think, or Brendan's. I always get it confused. Brendan's. It's one of my favorite bars in Green Bay, and um, there were some fans there after the show, too, and then they bought me a picture of it, which was super nice, and then I drank it. And I first time in my life I had Green Bay Packer tickets, from my friend Drew, and I was going the next day, and I paid the hangover price a little steep for too much spotted cow, so just go easy because it's delicious. It tastes like a beer that somebody threw a stick of butter in. It's so good, and you can't even, um, you're not supposed to take it home, but I did put a 12-pack in my suitcase 
And no one at Delta questioned that. That's why I fly Delta. A lot. Well, I used to. We're going to talk about flying, too. This, this. Now it's time for our gas station junk food, white trash food, whatever you want to call it. Um, these are things that would make my friend Greg Warren. He's a comedian. Have you ever heard of him? Go look him up. Uh, he's from St. Louis, too. And uh, these things just it appalls him. I still eat these things. Look, baby Hebrew national hot dogs. Great in a pinch if people are coming over. Great if you're hungover. Pop them in, done. And then this is a standby, but a lot of people don't know they make this. These are White Castle frozen. Now people go, is that really as good? Yeah, except they don't have onions because I guess you can't freeze onions. I don't really know why. Um, And don't even get me started on White Castle versus Crystal. You No, I will not even. That bun is always cold at Crystal. It's not. It's No, White Castle, in my opinion, and I was raised with White Castle, but I was open-minded to Crystal. Traveling, I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. I can't. These things are great. 48 seconds in the microwave for a package of two, you're in business. So there. That's my helpful little. Um, And then I like to tell you guys about a Twitter account. These are just little things at the top of the show I like to run through. Um, I would like to recommend to you guys the Twitter account of my friend George Wallace. And I know at some point I said that and people were like, you're friends with a racist segregationist. Well, first of all, <laughs> that George Wallace has been dead for like 150 years. I just exaggerated, but a lot he's dead. And he was an old white guy from Alabama. And no, I'm talking about George Wallace, who's black and a comedian. Older gentleman, usually wears one of those kangaroo caps. His Twitter feed always makes me laugh. It's silly. It's stupid um, silliness. He put a picture up. If you go to his feed, it's of a, and I don't know where this store, this restaurant was. It was called Bread and Porridge Restaurant. And he wrote, finally, a place with both of them. How many times y'all hit a porridge joint and y'all, I need some bread with this. And everyone laughs at you and you start crying. Or you're all up in the bread and you're like, side of porridge, please. And they punch you in the face and neck. (laughs) He's so silly. He does the top fives. A lot of these. This one is top five rolls in the world. Jelly. Yeah, in the world. Jelly, cinnamon, drum, steam, and Nick K. Love it. Um, he's just silly. Wait, there's another. You can go through it all. He does the top fives a lot. And he loves to use whatnot, which is a word I never used growing up. Neither did my parents. Um, but then I learned it as an adult. It's just a, like a catch-all. Um, hold on. Give me one second here. Oh, this is when Trump gave the speech on the balcony. Oh, he gave my speech on my balcony in 22 minutes. Please attend my dope-ass, dope-as-hell balcony speech and whatnot. There's another one. I'm tired of folks making fun of the names of my people. Now, if you don't mind, I have to visit with my nieces, Narnia and Febreze. <laughs> Let me see. Okay, here's one. Here's another one. Then I'll stop. You can go on your own. It's at, I'll make sure it's at George Wallace before I get off of this. Uh, anyone can drop a joke about the fly right now, meaning the fly on Mike Pence's head. I'm going to lurk in the shadows for a few years and then, bam, a fly joke. And he tweets a lot. He's he's on it. He's a good. He, it's at Mr. George Wallace. So there you go, Twitterites. That's my uh, that's my Twitter. Um, 
recommendation for the week. And little shameless plug, I don't do this very much because I'm not doing anything, but I'm in a movie for about five seconds, which was five seconds too goddamn long for me. It's called The Opening Act. You can see it on Amazon. I'll tell you a little bit about it, and then we'll move on. It's an American comedy film written and directed by Steve Byrne. You know him? He's a friend. He's very funny from Pittsburgh. I always like everybody from Pittsburgh. Billy Gardell, greatest guy in the world. So nice, so fun, just down to earth. Um, uh, Bill Crawford, he's on the radio in Pittsburgh in the morning, but he's also a very funny comedian. Great guy, fun, normal, normal. They're all so normal. Bill Billy Gardell has the funniest story about doing this at Joe and his relatives from Pittsburgh were just walking up and down the hall in random offices stealing like paper said the Tonight Show wanted just like pads of paper. And I said, well, I'm sure my family would, would have done the same had I let them loose out of the cage that I created in my own green room when they would come out for that. But anyway, uh, Steve Byrne directed it. It stars Jimmy O. Yang, uh, Cedric the Entertainer from St. Louis. Well, watch. Shout out to Cedric, Neil Brennan, Bill Burr. Russell Peters, Debbie Ryan. Um, the film follows Will Chu, whose true life passion has become a stand-up comedian while he's given the opportunity to see a comedy show opening for his hero, Billy G. He must decide if he wants to continue his life he has set up to pursue his dream or the life of a comedian. Um, that's really all you need to know. But it's really, I read it before I said yes. I would have said yes to Steve anyway, but I just wanted to read it. I read it and I thought this is the first, there are so many, not so many, but there's some movies made about comedians and it's all bullshit and it's not like that. And somebody in the Hollywood reporter said he, he left out the, um, the famous no prisoners hazing that doesn't even fucking exist. Like, I don't know who writes these articles and gets this shit in their head, but they should at least call a comedian before they start spouting off at the mouth about whoa. What we do and do not do. Nobody ever hazed me or anybody I even know. Everybody's very agreeable for the most part. We have, our, you know, our problem children like any family. But for the most part, everybody's nice, helpful. We're all friends. So anyway, this movie does a good job of showing you what actual uh, quitting a job and how to get to be a stand-up would be. And Steve said, will you play the part of the lady who runs over Mike Knight, basically a bartender, and I said, yeah, because that fits. Like, you know, sure, I could be the 50-year-old lady running open mic night. And there are a lot of 50-year-old women running open mic nights um, that have just been in the bar a long time, which had I not found comedy, I probably would have been me anyway. We're not really, <laughs> they're not acting me, asking me to be Meryl Streep in a Holocaust movie. It's pretty much close to my own self. Um, and this is why I don't like acting. Here's why. I haven't seen it yet either. And uh, Lewis was like, you're in it and you haven't watched it. I'm like, I'm in the middle of an acorn TV extravaganza that I can't. Now I'm watching the show Blood. It's about a murder in an Irish town. Did the dad murder the wife or not? So good. And then it just makes you want to go drink in Ireland. But anyway, um, my job, this is this was my filming day. I had to report to an Irish pub, and it took 12 hours. The air conditioning was off, and it was hot as shit in L.A., like hot, hot, like over 100. And I said to Steve, this is why I don't act. This takes way too long. I do not have the patience for this. 
I'm bored of shit, and you put me in an Irish pub that's closed. <laughs> that's my nightmare, Steve. You've actually created a, a lot, a living, taunting nightmare. There's Guinness taps right there. <laughs> anyway, I did have some fun just with hanging out with the comics, but and watching Steve work his ass off. And I really think it's amazing. I've never known anybody that made a movie. I don't. I don't know how you do that. I don't. Not really gonna find out. But he directed it. It was produced by Vince Vaughn, Peter Billingsley, and Seton Finchman. How about that? Who's Seton Finchman? I have no fucking idea. Who's Peter Bill? Oh, is Peter Billingsley the guy that was the famous kid? Oh yeah, he was at the gate. Yeah, he was at the thing. Right. Okay. So anyway. Christmas story. Peter Billingsley was the boy in Christmas story. And now he's an adult and he's so nice. You always hear shitty stories about people, you know, and that person's an asshole. Sometimes it's nice to hear nice things. And Pete, you, you'd be happy to know he's a wonderful man. And he doesn't look like a child anymore. He looks like an adult, but he's still very, he's very cute. Okay. Just in case anybody was wondering, my fantasy football league of all beginners Fucking, I mean, look, the, it, once you learn how to use the app, the things that are going on in this league, um, I'm looking at people's teams and I'm like, you have four people that have a bye this week. Oh, well, okay, what do I do with them? I'll just get rid of them. No, put them on your bench. Somebody said on Saturday they'd won everything. It, we, the majority of the stuck games are on Sunday. People are trying to trade people they don't even have. I don't know if any of you guys want to join a beginner league. Well, next year it won't be beginner, but I don't really see much progress. So I'd say I'm in second place. Louis Black is in first place. He calls his team the Lunatics. I am Smalls with a Z. Because that would probably be one of my rap names if I was going to. I'd be Smalls. Um, the rest of them are non-comedians. It's just me and Lou are the only comedians. Oh, my friend Kathy. I think I already told you guys this. Kathy is a Saints fan, and she took all Saints. Dory is an Eagles fan, and she took all Eagles. I'm like, you guys, that's not fantasy. That's reality. You don't seem to understand the concept. And then one of them said, well, can I use my defense even if they're on a bye? That's really fantasy football. Then you're just going to make up what they did? Oh yeah, fucking my friend Drew. I'll tell I'll tell you his real name. Drew McCoy, financial advisor, Los Angeles. Originally from West Virginia, and his name's McCoy. What? Yeah, he was one of the originals. Not him, him, but his family. So deep down, I know there's a redneck inside Drew waiting to come out. Um, he has two kickers, <laughs> and he's aware of that. I now that only makes sense to other fantasy people, and I'm not going to get into it but it, that's just not a good idea. Here's some great news. Everybody thinks COVID's on the rise. Wisconsin, I'm very concerned about you. Just saying. I love Wisconsin. Filmed a special there on purpose. Um, I didn't know this, and I do read all of your comments. There's been a few shitty ones. I'll ignore those. For the most part, they're all very funny, very smart, very nice. And informative. Somebody enlightened me. How did I not know this? There's an evil Knievel museum. Update. 
We've been talking about evil. Here's why I probably never went. Oh, well, here's why. It, it, it opened in 2017, and I used to work a club. It's in Topeka, Kansas, and I've been to Topeka. I worked a club there, but it was a long time ago. I haven't been there, I don't think, since 2017. The Evil Can Evil Museum is a nonprofit museum located in Topeka, Kansas, established and founded by Mike Patterson, Lathan McKay, and so-and-so-and-so-and-so. It's uh, adjacent to Topeka's historic Harley-Davidson Museum. And open in June. It's 13,000 square feet. Two stories honoring evil. This is just great. Um, and then there's, uh, they tell you what, I, we don't need to know the founders and all this stuff. You want to know what's in there? Um, uh, evil Knievel's Mack truck, dubbed Big Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Harley Davidson, ba 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 uh, it's just all the motorcycles and like, I'm not really into it, but I would like to see, um, evil Knievel stuff. Uh, his real name was Robert Craig Knievel. His, he was not born evil. I don't know where evil came from. Nobody's explained that yet. I'll look it up at some point. Um, he, over his temp, his career, he attempted more than 75 ramp to ramp motorcycle jumps. A generation of kids grew up transfixed by his television exploits imitating his stunts on bicycles and with evil Knievel toys. Yep. And I was one of those kids. And in an attempt to um, duplicate an evil Knievel move, me and my brothers, uh, my parents were building a house, an A-frame deal and a deck around it. And the deck had not been completed. So you could take your bike and ride and fly off the deck and then land in what we thought would be soft insulation because they were building the house, so that pink insulation stuff was everywhere. And um, we rode our bikes and flew like evil. And I don't know how none of us got seriously injured. We did not. We did, however, get off the insulation. And about 10 minutes later, started itching and little tiny things of blood because that insulation is um, filled with, like, fiberglass or some shit. I don't know. And my mother's like, what in Christ's name would make you think you could get I'll tell you what made me think so, Vicky. Evil did. Evil Knievel made me think I could do it. And I, I, he crashed a lot. Maybe the second time, I, if it wasn't for the insulation, I'd have tried again. Speaking of childhood, this is, um, this is, oh, oh, I forgot to say too. With Stevie, the same, this is another celebrity thing. And I don't usually pay attention to celebrity stuff except these queens and a few, and a few other queens that I got to get them made because they don't exist. I really want Anita Baker. She should be mixed in with these people. Um, Kirstie Alley made a big announcement. <laughs> She's voting for Trump. A lot of people got really mad at her and wrote very mean things. And then she went on Fox and defended it. And I'm going to go back again to who gives a shit? The the fake bartender from Cheers made an announcement. Letter, I don't, I don't, it, I don't. It wouldn't matter what Kirstie Alley said. It has no effect on my life. I don't understand the people. It, if I write out my tweet, why don't you just shut up? No jokes. Well, I can't tell jokes right now, and I won't shut up. So that's not good for the people that would like me to shut up. Um, but I don't. You could take it seriously or not take it seriously. I don't get why people give a shit enough. Just let her, she gets a vote, right? 
let Kirsty go. She's already in Scientology. I don't like to talk bad about them because I've seen that Leah Remini show and then I'm afraid they'll come after me and I've not even done anything, but they seem to be relentless. Anyway, moving on. This is sad, 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 sad. Tab, the soda, is going to be discontinued. Now, a lot of you uh, may not even remember Tab. It was in a pink can. It was a diet soda. I thought it was disgusting. My mom loved it. The picture in her wake I'm going to put up, because I still have it, is her in a uh, uh, lawn chair, a lay-down lawn chair that's propped up a little bit. She's smoking a cool in a swimming suit, and she has baby oil and iodine all over her body with a piece of cardboard wrapped in Reynolds wrap to reflect it to make sure she got more skin cancer while she smoked it. And drank Tab. Now, here's the reason. I Googled this because I don't know if you, how many of you guys remember Tab, but it really did go good with SIGs. Well, what soda doesn't? But it kind of had some, uh, I, I, it, looked, it had a weird taste to it. And now I think I know why. Um, it was created by the Coca-Cola company, introduced in 1963. I did not know that. I thought it was like the 70s. But maybe that's just when I remember it. I don't know. And they're going to discontinue it in 2020. It was made popular in 1670. Several variations were made, including fruit-flavored, root beer, and ginger. No, my mom didn't do that. No, no, no. Um, Following studies in the 70s that linked linked saccharin, Tab's main sweetener, with bladder cancer in rats, the United States Congress mandated warning labels on products containing... That's the difference, because I don't think the other diet sodas use saccharin. That must have been the thing. And I could tell you my mom is 79 and she has not had bladder cancer. So maybe those rats were doing something else. Because Vicky drank all the tab in the world. I mean, a case of it, at least a week. She has yet to have bladder cancer. Um, anyway, they, they went through a lot of, they made all kinds. And then they, they, it just goes into the saccharine debate. It had been reformulated and I know when it got reformulated, my mom noticed and said, this is bullshit. Um, yeah. They introduced NutraSweet to the tab formula. That made it even weirder. I didn't even know it was still around. I do think I've seen it like in Target. And I was like, oh, shit, they still make that? It began to decline in 1982 with the introduction of Diet Coke, although it remained something of a cult following in the United States. Where customers purchased about 3 million cases in 2008. 3 million cases of tab were bought and drank or... Maybe people poured them on the battery of their car to get that shit off. I don't know. So that's just a little sad update. You'll never see Tab again. So if you like it, time to start hoarding like we're in a pandemic. Oh, we are in a pandemic. Well, get your ass, get some Tab. I'm going to go for an update. Whatever happened... To Dr. Burks. Do you remember Dr. Deborah Burks? This is my impression. Yeah. She's the scarf lady that was in charge of, well, Mike Pence is in charge of the COVID task force, but it was her and Fauci. And then this article came up and I'm like, oh, this is from uh, 10 2020. So just last week. 
Deborah Burks is nowhere to be found at the White House this day, although she remains the title of the coordinator of the White House coronavirus response. She has not attended any of Trump's press briefings on the pandemic since he started them anew in late July, nor was she at a recent event to tout the administration's advances in testing. Instead, Burks has been on the road visiting 36 states and 27 colleges and universities since the... Why do you have to go? Why? What's that about? These kids got enough going on. They don't need to be attending that free lecture. Um, she's meeting with state, local, and university leaders to advise on best practices containing the coronavirus and to gather information on what's been working in each place. Now, here's the part um, that made me laugh. White House officials grew irritated by Burke's details and data-heavy presentations in the early summer that showed emerging hotspots and difficulties getting the virus under control. Some officials rolled their eyes as Burks delivered a message that clashed with the administration's preferred narrative that, that things were improving. So Trumpy was bored. And you know what? I don't blame him. Because every time she would come out, I'd be like, oh, here we go. It, I felt like she was delivering it with a sense of, I don't know, uh, grandiosity. Where she's like, okay, here we have the charts. If we can place well on my charts, if you can see the elevation levels combined with the statistics we've received. Nobody knows what the fuck she's talking about. We just need to know what's going on, ma'am. What? And she didn't. She just... I wasn't bored. I could see how Trumpy would be bored. But I was irritated. I'm like, this is unnecessary. Edit, 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 edit. And she, and I have another graph here showing the production. And Fauci would just come up and go, I said don't wear a mask. I've changed my mind. Great, thank you. Could we have the little man, short guy talk again? And the scarf thing. I, I don't like it when people have a thing. I had a job after college where I had to take pictures at a private club. Um, and there was a lady who was a member and she always had a, a orchid. Is that what they're called? Or orchid, the flower. She always had one in her head. That was her thing. And then they'd always say, Kathleen, did you get a picture of, I won't say her whole name, Jane something. I was like, yeah, how would I have fucking not gotten a picture of this lady? She has a giant orchid in her head, and she was a socialite, and so it became her thing. And then this lady's now the scarf lady, and once you get down that road, you can't get out of it either, because then if you stop wearing them, but then I feel like it's an attention thing, like every time I have a scarf, and then then you're just soliciting gifts, because now everybody gets you a scarf. How big is her scarf closet? Come on. I have like five. And I need to get rid of two because it's in the mudroom and that drawer ain't big enough. <sniffs> Nobody needs that many scarves. There's children that are freezing in the world. They could use a scarf, send it to them, even though hers are satin and they don't look very warm. That's what happened to Deborah. That's where Dexter Burke is. She's on the road. She got sent back on the road. <laughs> Just picture Chubby going, I'm bored. Can we send her away? Mike, uh... Uh, she bores me, okay? She doesn't talk about China. All she talks about is bad things. I want to hear good things, okay? That was that. That's where she went, trying to decide. By the way, I'm still watching The Vow. Uh, Well, I'm done. But if you guys liked The Vow, there's another one 
that my friend um, Lorene told me about. It's called Seduced, and it's on Stars, and it's an hour-and-a-half documentary. It's a lot of stuff you already know if you've watched The Vow, but it also has extra stuff, and I could watch many, many more hours. And then I've, I've been waiting. Keith Ranieri, cult leader, supposed to be sentenced this Tuesday, and now I'm not. Oops, sorry, Stevie. Sorry. Sorry, McQueen. McQueen. Um, there's no information. Uh, I know his lawyers put in for a new trial. Just a bunch of hokey. He's already been convicted. It's it's the sentencing part, and now I don't know why there's a halt, but there's no new information, so I can't give you an update on that. Now, here's the thing that I think is a pile of, of um, bullshit. See what you guys think. Risk of COVID exposure on planes virtually not existent when masked study shows. And here's what irritated the shit out of me. All kinds of media people repeated this story, which is fine. But you have to say who paid for the study. Well, guess who paid for it? United Airlines. Now you're tricking people and you're saying you did a study, which you probably did, but you told them, here's how we'd like to stand up, okay? And now they're taking away middle seats. As of December 1st, all middle seats will be sold. Southwest is doing it for sure. I'm sure United they used a dummy inside a plane. Well, that's not a person. Um, um, it was also in, in uh, Boeing and the Department of Defense were in on this. And who sells stuff to the Department of Defense? Boeing. I don't trust any of these people. And I'm not a conspiracy person. But you can't tell me an airline did a study about the safety of airlines and then told us it's all great. It's the smoke. It's R.J. Reynolds and the smoking thing. I don't know. It's perfectly safe. We did it. We had Kathleen's mom smoke uh, 57 cartons of cools a week. It was great. She's fine. And she drank tab and she didn't have bladder cancer. Um, they used a mannequin. They put the mannequin in the plane. They did all this bullshit. They go through it all. And they said that uh, because of the basically the circulation in an airplane that we're all safer. Look, I've been flying for, well, the first 10 years of comedy, I didn't really fly. I drove. Then the, the past 20 years, I fly mostly. I drive if I can. But if it's over four hours, I don't want to drive. It's too much of a pain in the ass. Um, with limited time. But uh, every time for, I don't know, 10 years, I call that vent above my head the SARS stream. Every time I've left it on, I've gotten sick. I've gotten a cold that I didn't have before I got on that plane. They go in the bathroom. Look at the floor in the bathroom. You ever want to gross yourself out? And I don't mind a unisex bathroom, except for the fact dudes will not put down the toilet seat. I don't really want to sit on it, but I don't want to look at that angle either. And uh, apparently there's some old critters on there that can't get a hold of their stream. It's pissing all over. I wear shitty shoes when I travel for that reason. Don't ever go in there in socks. Another little tipster from flying around. Are you guys flying? My friend Brian flies everywhere. Once a week he's flying somewhere. Some of my friends are. They think it's safe. I don't I don't think it's safe health-wise when there is not a pandemic. I just think this is a crazy study that, you know, I don't think I would trust it that they're saying it's fine. 
and that, that it's even better than being in someone's home. Well, who's home? That's such another just a throwaway statement. Um, there were, he urged passengers to make sure that their overhead vents are fully open during their flights to maximize air circulation. Fuck no. No, 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 no. I'm not doing it. That's how I ended up. I think people who travel a lot would agree on that. Don't, it, or if you're going to have that stream on, do not point it in your face, no matter how hot it gets. And I've been on flights where they turned off the air forever on a runway, and I didn't do it. I didn't break. They can't break me. <laughs> they even took, they put a mask on the dummy, all kinds of crap. It, plus, it's a dummy. Plus, how many videos a week are we seeing where people lose their shit and just start punching people on planes? Because somebody doesn't want to wear a mask. And then there's a fight. And then people get crazy and crazier and crazier. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not flying unless I have to. Let's put it that way. My parents were thinking about it, and I almost, I almost dropped the phone. I'm like, no, 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 Jack and Vicky. There'll be no flying. Because you know what? <laughs> My dad will call and go, uh, your mother and I have 847 miles. What can I do with that? Are you asking me for a ticket? Because that's what I'm hearing, Dad. Ah, uh, no, no. We want to use the miles. We just don't know. Now, what's a round trip? About 15? Mm, a little higher, Dad. A little higher, but yeah, we're not letting the old people. Um, speaking of science, this is a headline, and this is true. This is... I believe in all science. I suck at it. I hate it, but I believe in it. But sometimes science comes up with shit. It's like when they cancel a planet, you know, they go, oh, sorry, that wasn't a planet. Well, that kind of makes me doubt your other stuff. You told me, I think it was Pluto. Who'd they cancel, Paddles? Pluto? It's like the Pope taking sainthood away from someone. You can't do that. You already did it. This is the headline. Scientists stumble across new organs in the human head. How many autopsies have we done, people? How many heads have gotten cracked open? We've seen everything in the head. How is this possible with MRIs and CAT scans? I'll tell you how. They're using a new scanning technology and hunting for prostate tumors, and they get a surprise. But behind the nasopharynx is a set of... salivary glands that nobody knew about. Great, maybe. Unless you have cancer in it. That's what they were looking for for this guy. This poor dude. He got, yeah. Yeah, a whole new organ in the human body, which at this point is unexpected, to say the least, as researchers re-examined the PSMA PET CT scan from all 100 patients plus two cadavers. Each one of them had the same thing. Well, then I'd say, yeah, that we have it. This thing. Mm-hmm. As far as we knew, the only salivary or mucus glands in the nasopharynx are microscopically small and up to 100% are evenly spread throughout the mucosa. So imagine our surprise when we found these. This sounds like the 1600s. Oh, my God. I, I cut his head open, and I found all this shit. I didn't find it in the other guy, and now I found it in this guy. Um. Yeah. Google that if you want more science because it gets to the point where I don't even understand. I don't understand why they were looking in this guy's head if he had prostate cancer. Maybe the doctors weren't that good. 
wrong area. No, they were looking for it because they thought it might have spread to his head. They don't even tell you what happened to the guy. Radiation therapy can damage salivary glands, which may lead to complications. Patients may have trouble eating, swallowing, speak, or speaking, which can be a real burden. Um, I think not being able to eat, swallow, or speak is a little more than a burden. I think a burden is um, I bash my shin into the coffee table, and it, it I'm limping a little bit. That's a burden. Eating? Swallowing, speaking, that's living. <sighs> there you go. There's a new gland in your head. Get excited. New organ. New, not just a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is a throwaway, this whole thing. This is a throwaway for my um, geeky friends. This was on, um, I don't know where I found this. There's a shark. It's a Greenland shark. Located in the Arctic Ocean, it's 393 years old. I didn't know something could be that old on this earth. It's been wandering the ocean since 1627. That's almost as long as we've had popes. Not really. We've had popes since whatever, year one, right? It's the oldest living vertebrate known on the planet. So then I Googled, what's a Greenland shark? Never heard of it. It's a shark, large shark in the family of the something, can't pronounce it, sleeper sharks, closely related to Pacific and Southern sleeper sharks. Mm -hmm. Distribution of the species is mostly restricted to the waters of the North Atlantic Ocean and the Arctic Ocean. They have the longest lifespan of all vertebrae species, estimated to be between three and 500 years. What? Who knew shit lived this long? I wonder if it's bored. I wonder if it's tired of living. I always think that. Like, the bother, even the idea of infinity, like in Catholic school, you'd be like, how long is infinity? And then one time um, a nun said this. This was her answer. This is uplifting to a 10-year-old. Picture if a dove comes down from heaven and takes one drop of water away with it from an ocean. Until all the water on the earth is gone. And then it rains. I'm sure I asked how long is infinity. Because I'm sure I'd done something bad. And then I was thinking about hell. And then I was thinking how long will I be there. Or purgatory. Probably I could probably get in there. I'm only 10. I haven't done like Hitler type shit. And that was her answer. And then it rained. But I always thought, do you want to live forever? Infinity? I mean, I've been here 50 years, and there's times where I'm bored. I'm like, there's not shit on. There's nothing to do right now. What are we going to do forever? I don't know. Anyway, this thing lives 500 years. You can Google it. It's not a good-looking shark. It's really, it looks like a fossil that's just swimming. It's not, yeah, um... This one was tag- one was tagged off. Holy shit! One was tagged off the coast of Greenland in 1936 and recaptured in 1952. Wow! Yeah, so they get super old. Google a picture if you're a shark person. That's a little shark update. I should have had that at the top probably in my in my order of stuff. Here's a fun story. Another Banksy painting has popped up 
in Nottingham. I don't really know. No, I know that's in England, but I don't know where. Now, do you guys know who Banksy is? Hmm? I didn't either until probably a few years ago, and I don't know why I stumbled upon it. Um, but he's an artist, He's an, and, and it's a big mystery. Who is the guy? They have it narrowed down to a man. They think they know who it is, but they're not sure. Uh, oh, I know why I came upon it, because he sold one of his paintings at Sotheby's, and as soon as someone bought it and the bid said, you know, sold, a paper shredder went... <laughs> And tore apart the whole painting in front of everyone's faces. And all I thought, as the daughter of a lawyer, I certainly hope their insurance forms were filled out as soon as she hit, said, I buy it. Did the insurance kick in at that moment? Because it not, if not, that is fucked up because it was millions of dollars. And it was the greatest trick ever pulled, I guess. But also really sad because it was a really cute um, picture of a girl with a balloon. Anyway... He's an anonymous English-based street, uh, street artist, political activist, and film director, active since the 1990s. He does a lot of street art. His works are social and political commentary, have been featured on streets, walls, and bridges throughout the world. His work grew out of the Bristol underground scene, which involved collaborations between artists and musicians. Banksy says that he was inspired by a 3D graphic artist and founding member of the musical group Massive Attack. And then people were thinking maybe he was in Massive Attack, whatever that band is. And uh, I, they don't think that's really the deal. Um, they go for millions and millions of dollars. Um, identity, they, it's unconfirmed, subject, subject of uh, speculation, which is cool that he's not. He does have an Instagram account, though. You can go to it. I did. And all of his paintings, and it's awesome. He's described as a white 28-year-old, scruffy, casual jeans, T-shirt, a silver tooth. Silver chain and silver earring. He looks like a cross between Jimmy Nail and Mike Skinner of the streets. He began at age 14, was expelled from school several times, and, and served in prison for petty crime. Uh, anonymity is vital to him because graffiti is illegal. For 10 years in the 90s, uh, Banksy lived in Easton, Bristol, then moved to London around 2000. Well, how do we know that if we don't know who he is? And how does he paint this quickly? Like, nobody noticed a guy's painting an awesome thing on the side of a brick wall in Nottingham? I don't really get it. Maybe he does it at night. Nobody's around. Um, they commonly believe to be Robin Gunningham, born on 28 July 1973 in Yate, 12 miles from Bristol. That's who they think it is. And then I can't, I'm not going to go through his whole thing, but you can go look at his paintings. They're awesome. And here's what he just did. This just popped up. It's pretty cool, especially during... You know, everything's all weird and stuff. It's kind of cool to do like a little mystery, weird, cool thing. Um, a Nottingham beauty salon strikes it rich as Banksy unveils new artwork of a girl hula hooping with a ruined bike's tire on its wall. The secretive artist has confirmed a wall. He confirmed it. So somebody's talking to him. I'm still drooling too because of my tooth being pulled. Feels a lot better. Don't be alarmed. I'm not having a stroke. I don't know when this is going to stop. The side drooling because of the giant tooth missing. I guess I have to wait till I get a tooth put in there, which will take forever. Um, uh, the mural is now worth more than the average house price on the street. Yep, the house is worth 214,000 euros, and they say the wall, of course it's worth more. We'll cut the wall out. Mm -hmm. If I was these Nottingham people, I'd say, I guess they own it, right? 
you paint on my house, it's my house. So I would, so I'd think of that. You come over here and sneak around. Um, yeah, so Surrender Cower, 42 years old, who runs the beauty salon, said the bike has appeared at the same time as the mural. I think you get to keep it. I'd just take that wall out and sell it and put some more bricks in your wall, right? What are you going to do? You can't keep it. People will do shit to it. Um, she told the PA news agency that within hours, the council had rushed, rushed to protect the piece by clearing plastic, uh, by placing clear plastic sheeting over it. Vandals have sprayed over the plastic two or three times already. You know, why do you got to do that shit? What is the matter with people? Everyone is very excited. And many people are coming to see the picture. Everyone was confused whether it was real or not, but it's an amazing picture. It's an amazing piece of art. Um, he sold one of his paintings uh, for 9.9 million euros last year. It was a picture. This is great. I've never seen it. I'm going to look it up. Of the House of Parliament filled with chimpanzees. Excellent. <laughs> many of his murals have been lifted from walls and sold with an image of two male police officers in an embrace on the side of a Brighton pub selling for 350,000 euros in 2011. That's not that much compared to some of his other shit that gets crazy. It's so nice. though. there's a picture of all these people in a working class neighborhood and they're all so excited to go around and see the thing. That's nice. Um, in July, a coronavirus inspired Banksy artwork appeared on the London tube train. I didn't know a series of rats were stenciled around a carriage wearing face masks, sneezing or clutching hand sanitizers in a piece named if you don't mask, you don't get. Hmm. Wow. This summer, Banksy used the sale of his artworks to finance a 30 meter motor yacht to rescue immigrants trying to cross the Mediterranean into Europe. Well, isn't that nice? Named after the 17th century French anarchist Louis Michel. The yacht features Banksy artwork on its exterior. Well, where do you park that? Where do you dock that boat with proper security? Hey, don't let them steal my boat. Because, you know, things are going on. The mystery this week, you guys, that I'm going to leave you with. Let me check my time. Yeah. Well... It's the saddest thing ever. I hope not. I hope it's not forever. Um, and this is a mystery I'm 100% familiar with. So in Ireland, in Dingle, if you want to Google where that is, it's on a peninsula called the Dingle Peninsula. And there's a little town called Dingle. And uh, that drive is a little harder. A lot of people say the Ring of Kerry. But the Dingle Peninsula, I think, is uh, just the best one. And on your way out, uh, me and Lewis, Lewis Black went um, many times. But one of the times we went, I made him stop. They have famine huts. Because that's, that's the Irish's idea of, of a good trip. Did you see any famine huts? Yeah, we did. Not only did you just pull up and drop a donation in a box or might there might have been a ticket window. There's usually it's usually not very organized, which is fine with me. Honor system shit. And um they have uh real dummies in there of like famine dummies. <laughs> That's when Lewis goes, Jesus Christ, I thought the Jews could take it to a new level. I've never seen anything so disturbing. This is why why are we here? I'm like, it's history, Lou. 
that's why we're here. We're going to read every plaque. <coughs> we're going to read about every famine dummy in here and what happened. And uh, then, if you're good, Lewis, I will, we will get to Dingle, and I will take you to see Fungi. Now, <coughs> Fungi is a bottlenose dolphin, okay? When you pull into the tiny, tiny town of Dingle, there's an enormous statue of Fungi. He is being honored. I'm going to read you what fungi, what we know about Fungi. Now, I've Googled it, and I've seen Fungi. I've gone out on the tours. I made Lewis go. I made my brother go. And, yeah, we saw Fungi, the bottlenose dolphin. He hops out of the bay. He's in Dingle Bay. That's where he lives. And when the boats come out, he likes the waves, and he jumps, and you have a 99% chance of seeing him, and I've always seen him. I've never not seen him, and I've probably done it 10 times. And my brother kept going, this is a setup. Really, Pat? <laughs> do you think the Irish went and got a dolphin? I don't know where you'd do that, but let's say they did. And then they put it in Dingle Bay. And do you think they put a net in the Atlantic Ocean so he can't leave? What, what does that even mean, Pat? It's a setup. I don't know, but this can't be real that every time you go, yeah, it, it's goddamn real, okay? Fungi also known as the dingle dolphin, is a male, common, bottlenose dolphin. He became separated from the other wild dolphins and is known to live in very close contact with humans in Dingle, Ireland. Now, I also read a long time ago when I was researching this, where did he come from? Because it's almost like he's trained. So I do agree with my brother. It is kind of weird that he does it, but I think he just likes people. But anyway, somebody thinks he may have escaped from an aquarium in England that got flooded but most people just think he's a loner. Wild bottlenose dolphins are estimated to have a median lifespan between 8.3 and 17.4 years, while one bottlenose dolphin has been observed to live at least for 67 years. According to locals, fungi was first seen in Dingle Harbor in 1983. It's time for math. Are you ready, Paddles? 20, 20. Minus 1983. Oh, I hate these kind. 10, 1, 7, 11. I can't do it. There's too many changes. It's 37 years. So he was seen, 30, that's when he appeared, 37 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he continued to seek out human contact over that 30-year period. Thus, fungi is grown and likely already in middle or even old age. By 2019, it was estimated that he was at least 40 years of age. And the Guinness World Records book, see, Pat, if it ain't real, the Guinness World Book Records doesn't show up, declared him as the oldest, to be the oldest solitary wild dolphin in the world. Fungi is known to interact playfully with swimmers, surfers, kayakers, and divers in the water. There may not have been any recorded cases of fungi being, there have not been any cases of fungi being aggressive towards humans. Although it is nor normal for social animals like dolphins to live in close contact with each other, it is still a rare occurrence for them to seek out human contact. Exactly. Although, I will say, when I learned how to surf in uh, Hermosa Beach in California, the dolphins uh, surfed alongside of us. It wasn't odd. And fungi, it, it was a little frightening because when you see the fin, you're like, mm, shark or dolphin? Mm, death or fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, fungi is the first recorded occurrence of a dolphin interacting positively with humans in the wild in Ireland. Fungi has been observed eating garfish, something not previously known to be eaten by dolphins. 
and you, my brother was like, this is for tourism money. I don't know why you always do tourist shit. Well, I do tourist shit because there's a reason people want to do it because it's fun. It's the same thing when I go to San Francisco. I guess I go, I've been there a million times. I go straight down to the wharf and I look for the seals and then I eat clam chowder. I fuck it. Yeah, I fucking, I do it because it's good. There's a reason people go to the wharf. It's pretty. There's things. It's so touristy. Yeah, it is. And fungi was a big part of their tourist money. This is another problem because they have boats that you get buy your ticket and go out to see them, take a little cruise around Dingle Bay. This is so sad. It, it literally almost made me cry. As the Irish government moves back, moves the country back into a strict national lockdown for six weeks. That's happening now, by the way. Ireland's locking back up. I'm so sucks. An unlikely story continues to break through the endless COVID headlines. Fungi, the bottlenose dolphin, is missing from the scenic County Kerry Coast in Ireland's southwest where he has lived at the entrance to Dingle Harbor since 1983. That's terrible. It's terrible news. And my first thought was, I wonder if during COVID the boats weren't going out as much. And then Fungi thought everybody left. And then he got sad. I actually thought that. He probably got super sad because his friends weren't there. And maybe he went to a different bay looking for, but he's getting old. He could be dead. Over the past 37 years, a wild marine mammal has become an Irish celebrity thanks to his friendly nature and love of people with visitors coming from far and wide to take a boat in the small town's port, har- small port town's harbor for a closer look. Guinness World Record book, you know, the oldest solitary. We know that he has not been seen since last Thursday when he swam along a fisher- side, alongside a fisherman's boat. That was his thing. He liked to go to the edge of the harbor and escort the boats back in. That's how they initially saw him, and then that was his thing. He liked to, like, lead you in, and then, bye, see you, gotta go. <sighs> now they're fearing the worst. It's totally out of character for him. The most he has ever disappeared for was four or five hours, Jim Flannery, a chairperson of the Dingle Dolphin Boat Tours, told CNN. Flannery, who's been running the Fungi Boat Tours for 33 years, has been had been coordinating daily search teams since the alarm was raised. He is as close to a missing person as could be. Let me do it in an Irish accent. He's as close to a missing person as could be, Flannery said. We had 12 boats starting Saturday and on Sunday. Divers from the Mallow search and research team carried out an extensive search of the codes and inlets where he would normally be seen. They also carried out a sonar screen of the seabed, but there was no trace. That is so sad. And I'm glad they spent the money. They spent the money on a sonar scan. I don't even know how much that cost. Probably more than they wanted to spend... But that's my sad news. Fungi's missing. Hope he's not dead. But I, I did, did it not say how old he is now? They don't know. Six, well, we know he's at least 37. Probably way older. Well, if he dies, what does he do? Just sink? And other, pe- other things eat him? I think he left. I think the boats, because they said... I didn't have it in this article, but in one of the they were saying during COVID, the they for a while there they weren't letting the boats go out, and then you know he probably went well shit, you guys aren't coming anymore, well fuck you, and he left. Maybe he'll come back. 
That's what I'm hoping. I hope for the town because they have tourist money um, tied up in it too. But mostly just because it was fun. It wasn't that much to go out there. I don't know, 10 bucks or something. And um, the kids would get so excited, me including. And they know he's a dude. They know he's a male. I don't know how they know that, but they know that. Anyway, that's it. It's really all I got for you guys this week. Been a, I watched the debate. I did. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite line of the whole debate was when they said, "As Trump, do you take any responsibility for the situation we are in because of COVID?" And he goes, "I take full responsibility. It's China's fault." Okay. I don't think somebody understands the definition of responsibility. Anyway, I think their goals were Trump should not look crazy and Biden couldn't look um, senile. And they both did that. So I'd call it a tie. That's really it, you guys. That's all I got. Get yourself some Hebrew national hot dog, baby hot dogs. I mean, come on. I didn't know the, how long have these existed? It's it's puff pastry in a puff pastry blanket. Just bake and serve. You can microwave them too. You don't have to put them in an oven if you don't want to deal with all that. All that, meaning turn on the oven and put shit in it. Um, oh, I don't think I read my Dolly quote. Maybe we'll end with the Dolly quote since I forgot to open with the Dolly quote. Don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Hmm? It sounds simple, but I see what she's saying. She's saying don't work so hard that you're not having any fun. Right? I'm having fun. <sighs> if you go on my Instagram, you can see a video of Air Force One landing in Nashville. Because I was there, down there, and then going just actually to FedEx and got caught up in all of it. And then the motorcade went by, and I filmed that. It's on my Instagram. It's on my TikTok. I'm on TikTok now. Isn't that fun? Here's okay. Here's the difference to me. Instagram, nice pictures, great. I I follow a lot of beagle puppy sites. Um, some Yorkie things on behalf. Of my parents have a Yorkie. I'm just gonna point out to Yorkie owners, <laughs> and I will include my parents at this point. My parents are people that used to just tell us that the dogs were fine sleeping outside, and that's what my mom preferred. Now this dog goes to a day spa. That's who they've become those people in the short period of uh, 50 years. They have completely changed to those people. The dog goes everywhere. Well, what about Maggie? Can't Maggie come? What about the dog? But the Yorkie owners on Instagram, the only ones that keep insisting on dressing these dogs up like people. I'm not seeing that with the Dachshund people. I'm not seeing it with the Beagle people. Try to put an outfit on a beagle. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. The Yorkies seem um, fine with that. So uh, it's, it's a very strange thing you notice. And they are very human looking when they do it. You put one in a tuxedo, it could fucking go as your date. I mean, it would, wouldn't even need a special cape. Sans a service animal. Um, I forgot why I went off on the um, my parents. Oh, TikTok, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, because, um, and I see, Instagram to me is very, um, I don't know, it's just pleasant. It, it, it's pleasant. TikTok, here, I'll show you. This is what happens the minute you turn it on. And I can see how it's addictive, but it's a lot, a racket. 
and I'm on it now and I'm part of the racket, but sometimes it's fun, but I find, I don't know. People are either dancing or there's a lot of weird death stuff. I, this is what you hear though. Let me turn on. Day nine at the hospital with our son. See, this we guy's at the hospital. Doctor. Okay. Tell me something. It's just, it's, Time to go to sleep, okay, buddy? it's loud. This is a, this is just a lady dancing in a grocery. Oh, she's at Walmart. Oh, she dances. I've never made this for someone. Uh, it's, whew, buddy. And that's what the children like. They like the TikTok. Whoops. No, that just dialed my sister. Um, I don't mind it, but I have to be awake. It's a little startling. It's a little much. Instagram's just a little more laid back. And Twitter, we know, is an Irish bar fight. It's an argument. It's usually about the news or politics or some celebrity saying something or some shit. But uh, I, I really do like them all. But TikTok, shoo, buddy. I'm going to do a side-by-side of Donald's dancing. I haven't mastered it yet because I can't dance. And his the, when he does this, I've got, I almost have to like write it down like one, 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 two, two. But I'm going to nail that by next week. When you can't dance, it's very hard to follow something like that. All right, termites. That's it for this week. Subscribe. Tell your friends. It's free. You can go watch it on YouTube, you people that are watching it. You can also go listen to it just wherever. Wherever you get podcasts, you can just go listen. Like I said, I'd like to move up a little bit on the iTunes charts. And uh, we moved up a little. I'd like to move a little bit more. And uh, go watch that movie, the opening act, if you want to see if that interests you, what it takes to be, what it's actually like to quit a job and go be a comedian. And uh, that's the thing, though. Like, a lot of people had really good jobs when they quit. Like, Jeff Foxworthy was, like, an engineer. Like, and I I was, you know, Greg Giraldo was a Harvard, he was a lawyer. I was like, you guys quit that shit for this? I mean, I had a shitty job. And I had to sell ads. I was the worst salesperson ever because people, I'd say, hey, you want to buy something? They'd go, no. I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't either. This is not a very good salesperson. Um, They quit careers, though. Like, I didn't really have one, so I didn't really risk that much. But um, they risked, yeah, a lot of stuff. So anyway, it's a good movie. That's it, termites. I'm going to put you to bed like I do in starting a new story time. We're doing Loretta Lynn. Like it or not, I like it. I'm going to start this week. Somebody was asking, people were saying, when's that starting? This week. I had uh, ah, stuff to do. So, and by stuff, I mean golf and go fishing and um, take my dad golfing and that kind of stuff. All right. Are you ready? We're going to say it. Night, night, termites. We'll see you next week.